Okay, so the question uh, I first want us to go into is, again, why Alpha? It's always good just to always know what our why is personally. Hopefully it has something to do with Jesus. But also when it comes to why Alpha, why are we, why are we doing this? Because sometimes it just, we can just get in those ruts where we just kind of, our, our wheels are spinning, we forget our why. Um, so for us as Catholics, um, for those of you who know the statistics, which I, I preach about often, um, is um, right now, for every one baptized person in the church, every one person we baptize, we're, we're losing six. Six will become a nun, N-O-N-E. So they're not practicing the faith anymore. If that doesn't motivate you, I don't know what will. That's very tragic. Um, and then 50% of millennials who were, quote-unquote, raised Catholic um, have no connection with the church right now. Um, by the age of 23, only 17% of confirmed Catholics, which should have been the point where they said, I choose to be Catholic the rest of my life. I'm putting Jesus first. By the age of 23, only 17% of confirmed Catholics practice their faith and consider themselves Catholic. Um, as, a, as a core belief, as Catholics, um, only 33% right now believe in the true presence of the Eucharist, which is something I've, I've been preaching on as well. And then only 20% of those who are under 40 believe in the true presence of the Eucharist. When we talk about John 6, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, we look at the different um, scriptures. So that's, that's, that's not good. Also, um, only 2% of Catholics practice confession. At the minimum requirement, it was a church asked us to go to confession, you know, once a year. So um, then the next question, so there's our why, maybe a little bit of motivation to say we got we to gotta be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Also, uh, maybe the question is how, you know, what are you asking of me? So I just like to go over um, what, a, what a mission statement is for and what a vision statement is for, because we do have a mission and a vision statement, but also just to, just to look, ask what it is. So a mission statement defines the present state or purpose of an organization. What's our, what's our purpose? Um, and a vision statement defines what would be the ideal state, right? So we have, we have mission and vision statement. Um, I did put the mission and vision statement on your table, um, and I was wondering if someone would be willing to read what the mission statement is for our, for our tri-parish community. It's also the same one for the diocese. I just put the word intentional in there, which I'll go into in a little bit, but would somebody be willing to read um, what our mission statement is? Barb, please. As friends and followers of Jesus, we are devoted to fostering households and communities of discipleship through the mission and ministry of the Catholic Church. Okay, we'll go into that a little more in a second. And then also our vision statement. We are intentional missionary disciples striving to lead all people to the kingdom of God. Right, and that, that, that should ring a little bit true. Maybe you remember a couple weeks ago when we had uh, Jesus asking us to strive through the narrow gate. So it's always important to make sure we're striving um, for that. So that's just a little bit about that. We also have, uh, when we talk about those communities of discipleship, we, you can, can see them here. Um, but we're here to, first of all, help people discover Jesus primarily. Um, right now, with the st- statistic, at least in our diocese, I don't know if it's nationwide, but it's about 80% of people that are in the pews are unable to recognize or speak about an encounter with Jesus, which is not good, um, because then how can, you, how can you give what you don't have? Um, also, to help people follow Jesus. So how do we help, how do we help people take that next step in their faith um, to walk the narrow path? Um, to worship Jesus would be to start placing him first and then form, helping other people come to learn how to share him. But we take it step by step in Alpha, where Alpha kind of comes in is Alpha helps us discover and follow. A little bit of worship, a little bit of share once you've gone through it, but mainly... Um, we work with Alpha to help people kind of discover Jesus or rediscover him. Maybe they've, they've fallen off the tracks a little bit. So Alpha helps with that. But
But also, um, last time I did the training, I also gave our, our image, which I'm going to uh, read in just a second here, is also the image of a plow. And I love this image, uh, being in a farming community. A lot of us can relate to it. But in Luke chapter 9, um, verses 57 through 62, we hear about this image from a plow. So I'm just going to ask, ask you just to um, close your eyes for a moment and imagine Jesus preaching to you, talking to you, all of us here, which he is through his word always. Um, but just listen to this difficult gospel. We hear from the Gospel of Luke where it says, As they were proceeding on their journey, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus answered him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. And to another he said, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me first go bury my father. But he answered him, Let the dead bury their dead. But you Go proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first let me say farewell to my family at home. To him, Jesus said, No one who sets a hand to the plow and looks to what was left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. just like to open up that last line a little bit as we go into our training um, because the ultimate thing is that um, when you set your eyes, when Jesus, before this, what he's doing, he's, he's departing for Jerusalem, so his eyes are set towards a cross, which if you're a farmer and you made lines in a field to plant seed, you find something to set your sight on, which for us, hopefully it's the cross to, to encounter Jesus in his crucifixion, to know how much he loves us, and then also to encounter him in his resurrection. But Jesus is making a straight line towards Jerusalem. And what that means for you and I, what that means for you and I, is that we have to keep our eyes always to remember and recall the crucifixion of Jesus, what he did for us there, how much he loves us there. And for you and I, we know, we know that if we set our hand to plow and we're, in a, we're plowing a field and I start looking back, I'm going to start making crooked lines. And what, the, what Jesus came to do is reorder what original sin has done, which has been a ton of disorder. So Jesus comes to reorder to help us make straight lines. And through the, the, uh, my formation with the Benedictines at St. Meinrad, they always said, keep your hand to the plow even when it bleeds and blisters. Because it's easy to take your hand off the plow. I think a lot of our culture, we like to look the part but not be the part. We like to put our hand to the plow, take a picture, and then I'm out the door. But to really put your hand to the plow and to really bleed for Jesus who bled for you. And, you. and you can go to him when you die and say, I gave up the best I could. I kept my hand to the plow for you. But then we also need one another, in which Alpha helps build that community. We need one another to keep our hands to the plow. Because we're going to notice when we run Alpha and when we start inviting people, a lot of people are going to come week one, week two, and then they start fizzling away. Right? So we have to always remind ourselves that we're not here to entertain we're here to help people encounter Jesus. And it's going to make sure that we stay true to our prayer practices. So when we pray, uh, we're praying for a few things. One thing we're praying for as we prepare to enter and, and to help people encounter Jesus, we're praying for the transformation of our parishes. We're pray, praying for the complete conversion of our people. Some people are slightly converted, but they're not totally converted. Uh, we're praying for the grace to accept change. Um, a lot of people want change but they don't want to be a part of it. 
Um, so we want to have people have that docility, which is a great, one of the greatest signs of the Holy Spirit. But we also want to pray for a bountiful harvest. Uh, we want to pray for the grace to converse and invite people outside of our parish walls. That's one of our goals, uh, is to reach outside of Sunday Mass or Saturday Mass. Um, to, go, to go be able to, to feel comfortable enough to, to ask someone to come. And then our answer is always come and see. What is Alpha? It's, the answer is always come and see. And also for people to come, to come alive through the power of the Holy Spirit. So when we do Alpha, we also have a Holy Spirit retreat, which is um, probably the, the hinge point of people actually committing to Alpha is, is the Holy Spirit retreat. And then we also have to ask ourselves um, if we are filled with the Holy Spirit, if, we, if, we, if we've encountered Jesus, if we've encountered him and his Holy Spirit and the good news, uh, we also have to ask ourselves, why are we not sharing it more readily? Because if it's, if it's the best news ever, if I had, uh, John, I'll ask you for just a second here, what's the best food you had recently? We had the food festival yesterday, so I'm throwing you a bone here. The best food I had recently, I guess I would say the pierogies yesterday. The pierogies, right? Yeah. And did you tell anybody in the past 24 hours since you ate it how good it was? Several people. Several people, exactly. So the same thing when we are with, with our faith. It, if it's something that's good it's, and, it's, and it's enhancing my life, I should want to share that with somebody. Uh, but a lot of people, where Alpha comes in, where it helps a lot, is a lot of people just don't feel like they have what it takes. Maybe they've never been empowered. They feel what we call ill-equipped um, to share the gospel. So when, if you feel ill-equipped, you're just not going to share it because you worry, you're in fear, you play uh, if only or what if, you play that kind of game. And Alpha just kind of simplifies it. And again, Alpha kind of provides a, basically a foundation for us. Uh, and Alpha also can help us break through walls, um, help us build a good sense of pressure to, to proclaim the good news, a healthy sense of pressure, but also to develop that welcoming spirit, which is the number one thing we hear with probably every denomination. Your church isn't very welcoming. And we want to be welcoming, yes, that's, that's important. But we also want to be challenging so we encourage people to grow in their faith because if it, if it just becomes status quo and things are kind of lazy, then people start falling away. Um, but also to remember that you know, there, there is not a magic formula. Alpha is not a silver bullet. Uh, but it seems to be working for us, but it, it's just about building relationships. And a lot of people say, the one thing they say about Alpha is it helps them form friendships. Oddly enough, a lot of people are Christians and they're not friends with other Christians. Um, also, um, Alpha has helped people actually take on some responsibility. So one thing about the call of Jesus is it requires a response, and a lot of people just are not responding. So that's a, that's a big part of, of the mission of Jesus. Um, and then also, Alpha has helped a lot of people do what, what, why, where millennials are really missing is, why we miss them is because Alpha promotes one-on-one relationships, where you can start talking to people one-on-one, uh, which helps a lot. And then as we, as we move forward, uh, we're also, we, the, the language we like to use in church is we're moving from maintenance to mission. So a lot of, a lot of language we ask is, how can we um, have more people come to church? Well, that's, that's a maintenance question. Yes, you want more people to come to church, but we want more people to come to church to encounter Jesus, to give their lives to him, to serve. So when we look at mission and servant questions, um, a mission or servant question would be, going, would be asking this question. What can we do as, as a parish family to foster and sustain an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ? What can we do to, do, to help that, make that happen? Instead of asking... How can, we be, um, how can we have more Eucharistic ministers, right? So see the, see the difference there. So uh, having more Eucharistic ministers is more of a maintenance question. Yes, we want to have more, but we want people to know who they're serving. 
Or even asking, how can we build a culture of invitation? How can we build a culture of invitation to build authentic relationships? One of the reasons why a lot of people fall away uh, from faith is because they, they feel like we're not real. We're not, we're not uh, what we call, um, we're not transparent with them. So we want to make sure that we're working on that. So as we looked at the, the parish mission and vision statements, um, the mission of the Catholic Church, and, uh, and I put in quotes here, um, hopefully every church, is to go forth and make disciples, right? To go forward and make disciples, to make followers of Jesus. Um, and the mission is connected to what we believe as, as Catholics is the highest reality is to encounter him in the Eucharist. That's our ultimate goal. But if no one's ever heard the gospel, we have to start with something simple, and Alpha helps us keep it simple. We have to remember that the church also exists to evangelize. Some say, why do we go to church? Well, it's to spread the good news. Why do we go to church? It's to spread the good news. And that's the main, is that one thing I always say is keeping the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is to make sure we're always on mission to think, who can I be Christ to? Who can, how can I help others encounter him? And again, Alpha, again, is that the first two pieces here to discover and follow Jesus, um, mainly through radical hospitality. Um, so when we, ran, when we run Alpha, it doesn't look like this. You know, we have, we have a greeting table. Uh, we have people praying over chairs so people, and praying over the tables, praying over the space. Uh, we have people, we, I always say no water bottles because we want to make sure that we are um, filling people's glasses. We're, we're taking their plates for them. We're doing everything we can do to go out of their way to help them know that we love them. And the number one complaint about Alpha, when I talk to people, they, they always say, Father, but there's just not enough prayer. Majority of prayer is done outside of Alpha or before it even begins. And it kind of builds up. But the idea is that you just don't know where someone is from. But when you're praying over a space, asking for them to encounter Jesus, hopefully that helps you know what you're sacrificing. So it means that much more for you uh, to help other people encounter Jesus. Um, but the harsh, the harsh reality um, for me as a priest is when I look out at the congregation, I look out at the parish, most most, most times it looks like a zombie convention. Maybe you can relate sometimes, yeah. So you look out and you kind of wonder, where's the excitement, where's the joy, where's the peace? And I think we're making some changes where it's getting better. Um, but who wants to be a part of a zombie convention where everybody's just kind of, you know, ho-hum? Uh, no joy, no excitement, no peace, no sense of belonging. One thing that's big for people for Alpha, they feel like they finally belong to a family. That's a big part of Alpha where it helps us do that. And Alpha helps us, help, helps us share the person of Jesus with others. So when people learn how to, how to pray with others, which is a big part of Alpha, when they learn how to pray with others and pray for them, they start to actively pray that people um, see the need. They see the need. And then the goal is when we start praying with others is that when it starts, we start seeing the need, we enter in, we get past that kind of this is kind of awkward stage, then it becomes normal. I don't think we're to normal yet. I think we're getting there. But the goal would be if someone comes to you and says, gosh, it's been, such a, it's been such a rough week. X happened, X happened, X happened. And then you'd say, do you want to pray about that? That's, our, that, that's what we want to become normal. Um, and we don't have to be perfect, but Alpha helps us, gives us a little coaching on how to do that with people. Um, I think we're getting there, little, slowly but truly. But I think sometimes it, it was... The way people are brought up was, well, that's, that's the priest's job, or that's the deacon's job. But we're all called to, to, to do that with others. Um, 
Also, um, Alpha helps us pour the love of Christ into others. So when we are constantly praying and sacrificing for others, um, I like to use the image of, of a pitcher. And each week, my goal is to be more empty than when I started from Sunday. I want to be emptying myself in prayer, emptying myself for others, uh, which we would call having, having that, that picking up a cross and dying to self. So as we hear in John 3.30, he must increase, I must decrease. So then we can form a community of intentional missionary disciples, which is really, really important that we learn that. That's a big uh, phrase, probably in all denominations. But if we ask ourselves, what is an intentional missionary disciple? There's a lot of words you can use, but this is the, the best thing I've seen in the, in the time I've been here. And, and Jen and Greg, you've seen this before. People have seen it. But this is a, a statement by Mother Teresa, and I, I have a copy of it for you over here, but I'll give you to that later. But the, sta- the statement from Mother Teresa, which I believe is what a missionary, an intentional missionary disciple does, it says, wash the plate not because it is dirty, nor because you are told to wash it, but because you love the person who will use it next. I'm just going to read that again, because I, I, I just think it's so profound. I love how Mother Teresa takes extremely complex things and simplifies them without losing any of the depth of the 2,000-year tradition of the church. So let's listen to that again. It says, Wash the plate, not because it is dirty, nor because you are told to wash it, but because you love the person who will use it next. Now see the difference there. If I'm washing dishes and I'm thinking, gosh, what a bunch of slobs. i got to vacuum the floor. Does anybody around here care about keeping this house clean? I have to take the trash out. Oh my gosh, like, would one time, would somebody, right? But if I think, um, if I wash these dishes and, I, and I'm praying while I'm washing them, asking the Holy Spirit to uh, come down upon the house I live in or come down upon those dishes so the next person who uses them can encounter the person of Jesus, that changes everything because then I'm on a mission to help people encounter the person of Jesus. Or if I vacuum the floor and as I'm vacuuming, I'm praying, Lord, bless this floor and whoever comes in this house let them know that they're loved. Let them know that they have, they have a place of, of, of love, a place of hope, a place where they can be free, where they can be um, the V word, vulnerable. They can take down their mask. And we're not here to judge them. My grandma, or my great-grandma, was an intentional missionary disciple. She drove my grandma nuts. And I've shared this story with some of you. Um, but my great-grandma, she would pray a Hail Mary with every single dish that she would wash. And it drove my grandma nuts because she wasn't in a rush. Because she wanted, her, like she wanted the Holy Spirit. She wanted the Blessed Mother. She wanted Jesus to reign supreme in her home to know that everything she did was for the glory of God. So I could wash the dish, you know, or I could wash it because I love that the next person will use it, right? So it, kind of, it just kind of changes the way you, you look at everything. And it helps you also be a little more grateful that everything you do is an opportunity to help other people encounter Jesus. So just maybe just think for just a second, what have you done today, or maybe you could have helped someone else encounter Jesus? Think of laundry. Think of paperwork. Think of just a kind word. Day-to-day activities that we do, sending an email, asking for God's blessing upon the email, whatever it is, 
Um, that's what a, an intentional missionary disciple does. So an intentional missionary disciple sees everything as an opportunity to evangelize or, disi- or to disciple. Uh, but no matter, no matter what the circumstances are. Because they, they know Christ is always with them. And even as we hear St. Paul say, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. So they know that Christ is there. And one thing that um, we have to always remember is that Alpha helps us evangelize. Alpha is an evangel- evangelization tool. Uh, I believe in the Protestant church they use the word evangelism. Uh, but same difference. Um, but when people evangelize, they become hungry for service and fellowship. And evangelization is spreading the good news of Jesus, helping other people come to know what is so good about the good news. Um, and there's a hunger in the human soul for community and authentic relationships. We all, we all desire that. We all want something deeper. We all want more than, this, than, than kind of what the world is offering us because um, we, I think we kind of know that something's kind of screwed up in our world. We see less and less people going to church and more and more darkness kind of surrounding things as far as divorce rates or um, suicide, you know, depression, just a lot of hurt and pain in people's lives. Um, and and what, what evangelization helps us go past, is go past that status quo, never being satisfied um, with what we do, and to learn how to be vulnerable by lowering our masks. Um, and, and Alpha helps, us, helps a lot of people come to know they can, they can ask anything. It's a part of Alpha. They can ask anything. Um, nothing's off the table. And it's a place where they can come to not be judged and know that it's okay. It's okay to ask those questions. And also a big part of um, Alpha is, is, the, is accompaniment. So we, we walk with people. We walk with people no matter where they're at in their life. We don't judge them. We try to meet them at where they're at, heart to heart, um, in their brokenness, um, in their good days and bad days, in their depression, in their hurting marriage, um, in their successful marriage, whatever it is. Uh, but we learn how to give without counting the cost. And without counting the cost, it's so important because as Americans, everything is a percentage. How well am I doing? How good did I do on this test? And, you're always, and everything is a percentage. Um, but one thing about not counting the cost is what, what Jesus asks us to do. When we don't count the cost, we learn how to give and leave all the glory to God. And it's, and it's so easy to like, want to see results. We can't fall in that temptation. Um, so we have to remember that Alpha is always about giving without counting the cost. And um, last few things before we watch um, just a, little, a, a training video on kind of like what Alpha does um, is always to remember that Alpha is about the kerygma. So again, the kerygma is the proclamation of the good news about God creating the world. I'm going to go through this real fast. I, can't, I don't have time to do it justice, but God creating the world, creating Adam and Eve, last thing he created. And, and with Adam and Eve, um, the first sin and the destruction that did, that did. And then God becoming a person to help us, to save us, um, to go to war with sin and, sin and death and to resurrect to save us. And then also... Um, I said this last time when I, when I did the, when I did the, the teaching, was um, when, Alf, when, when a parish engages in any pastoral activity, one good thing to ask ourselves, if you're following along on the, on the outline, you can, you can read this because it's kind of important, but are we trying to catch fish or feed sheep? Are we trying to catch fish or feed sheep? So evangelization is catching fish, helping people come to know the good news, and sheep is disciple, feeding sheep is discipleship. So that's the feeding sheep portion is forming them, you know, RCIA, Bible studies, uh, different faith formation programs that we have. Um, to, but to remember, and this is kind of a joke, because fish don't eat grass and sheep don't eat worms, right? So we have to know what we're doing. So Alpha, again, is the evangelization portion.
So as we move forward, um, as we look at keeping our hand to the plow, um, one thing that we have in Alpha is called the leadership pipeline. So I talked about this last time as well. Um, but the leadership pipeline is basically looking at if you have a pipe and you want water to go through it, you have to pump, right? Pretty simple. And our goal is always keep our hand on the pump, hoping that Alpha helps us feed the rest of our ministries. The rest, so people can come to, to do Alpha or to be a Eucharistic minister, but everything kind of starts here. So we always have people that are willing to help with Alpha. It's kind of, kind of a goal. Um, but also we want to we wanna grow and, and create a mentor and apprentice culture. culture. So one thing in, in, in um, colleges is that the, the amount of colleges that people are attending is, is lower and lower, and the, the amount of people graduating is, going, is lower and lower, but the trades are going higher and higher. And one of the reasons for that is, is because people like to be mentored. People like to be walked with. They like to have an apprentice. So our goal when we, when we run Alpha is to have someone join us to either, we've, done, we've been an MC before, we've helped run it, and then we help someone else run it. We get to walk with them. Or we've done administration, and then we can help other people run the administration. We've done hospitality greeting, and we help other people do that. So um, we, we learn to model the behaviors that we expect. So instead of people kind of wondering, well, what are you looking for? Um, you have someone to walk with you to show you one-on-one. So the first, the first and most important thing is always the prayer team. Uh, the prayer team was where we, again, bless chairs and tables. We pray over them. We pray over the, the spaces. And also, uh, you're intentionally praying for the team. Uh, we have the greeter in hospitality, which is, uh, as we head, we'll do this one a little more because we're heading into the colder season, actually taking people's coats when they arrive, um, showing people where the bathrooms are, um, filling glasses with water, again, the no water bottles thing, uh, opening doors for people when they come in. They're not opening doors. We're taking that, that next step to welcome them and wearing name tags. Um, really important ministry also is, is the meal team. Uh, we have a kitchen uh, captain for that. Um, you also get to wear these. I just bought these. Uh, you get to wear these little smocks to let people know that you're on the meal team. Um, I've already volunteered for the meal team, so I'm going to be on the meal team for this one. Uh, Wendy, you killed it, right? Who are the players last? Oh, Wendy did amazing. So um, Wendy was awesome at that. So I just want to say thank you for that. You did great. Um, there's also taking it the next step of being a small group leader. Um, so one thing with Alpha is um, husband and wives are encouraged, highly encouraged to not be in the same group ever. Not to what? To not be in the same group ever. Husband and wives. That's one thing they encourage. So we actually, one thing we do um, is we have, we have uh, men and women in separate groups. It, just, it seems to work easier that way. Um, but that's encouraged through Alpha, which has been running for a little over 20, 30 years. Um, so it's just important to know that. Um, small group leaders are, are, are okay with silence. That's a big part of being a small group leader. Um, you're, you're always uh, encouraged to be grateful for, for the guests, for their perspective, even if you don't agree. Because you have to imagine what, the, what, what it takes for someone to actually speak up and to maybe speak, maybe they've, 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 they've been judged or they've, they, they struggle with fear of rejection or fear of embarrassment. Um, you're, also, you're also not afraid, if you, want, if you want to be a small group leader, you're not afraid of talking to a guest after the session um, at the session, not to be a barrier of helping others participate. So sometimes you can, someone's just like dominating the conversation and you leave the small group kind of like drained, but you have to be okay with just saying, hey, I loved your input, um, but if you wouldn't mind, I just, just want to make sure we have enough time for everybody else to, to speak, to give them an opportunity to, to share. Because uh, some people are so excited to come and some people just to get a word and it's like, it's a lot. So that's a big part of the small groups. Um, you're also there to answer questions after the session. 
So again, with alpha, um, you do a meal, and then you do the session. And remember, the session is all a teaching. We're, we're, uh, we're not doing any teaching during, during alpha. That that's can be a struggle for people who like to catechize. Um, but we have to remember to let the video do the teaching. And we, we just unpack it in the small group session. So that's a big part of it. Um, and then, as you move to week three, uh, you actually want to encourage your small group to share contact information and to check in uh, with the person when they miss. Um, for those who follow me on Facebook, I, I posted a couple weeks ago a video about what the Catholic Church could learn um, from CrossFit. And one thing that CrossFit is really good when someone misses, they make sure they, they connect with them. But when they come back, they say, we missed you so much. We wish you could be here. And that's a really important part um, for us to do, um, not just small group leaders, but all of us. Um, there's also just a simple ministry of being a helper. Um, a helper just kind of helps a small group grow and also encourages full participation. So maybe somebody hasn't been participating and the small group leader's kind of talking too much. The helper would be there to say, hey, Joe, what do you think? You know, hey, John, what do you think? Um, just to keep, keep the ball rolling. Um, and then there's, again, the master's ceremony. So there's one of those. So if that's, again, creating that non-judgment non, uh, environment. You're always thanking the guests for coming. And one way of respecting people the most is keeping things on time. So again, the, one of the, I looked at the reviews from the last uh, session, and some people actually, they actually wrote, we wish it would have been longer. So we are going to make it 15 minutes longer. So we're going to go, our, our alpha this fall will be 7 to 9. Um, that's our goal. We're going we're to see how that works. They give them people a talk, and, and if they end early, no problem. But um, we don't want to cut people short. So that'll be our... Our goal for that. Um, and then a big part of, of uh, Alpha, a part of the leadership pipeline, the last thing is, is the, or I'm sorry, last two things. One is the administration team. So it's always having um, Alpha isn't free for us. We have to put a lot of work into it. Uh, so we, have, we always put a, a free will offering. So it's always free for them to come, but we want to make sure we also uh, encourage that. Uh, we're, we're managing a meal budget. So one thing we do here is you give your receipts to Pete uh, Schlegel. And he will reimburse you um, for that. But we always want to encourage, as we, as we monitor our meal budget, um, we highly encourage no pizza. So if we have people calling for a meal, pizza's kind of like, meh. But if we really want to move people, um, Wendy, you killed it, so I'm just going to say thank you. But we never had pizza. Um, and, and, and also, uh, some people might start coming to Alpha, and they might start saying, you know what, I would actually like to give help cook. Um, would, you, would you mind if I brought something? Potluck. That's, that's okay, too. Um, and the leadership team is always encouraged to give, again, to, to give to that free will offering. Um, and the administrative team um, always sends out a reminder once a week about the session and always to re-invite re for the next session. And then we also um, have the, the administration team takes care of the after-alpha assessments. Um, so they would send out a letter to the, our group um, and then uh, we also have the child care team. Last year, last, last year we, we offered free child care. Uh, no one took it, but it's, it's sometimes it's a, it's a burden to take off the parents' shoulders knowing I don't have to pay for child care. Um, so we have that. But if you do, do, uh, if you do decide, you know, I'd like to, to do child care, um, you have to be Virtus trained. So you have to be basically approved by the diocese to work with minors. Does that make sense? Does anybody have a question? I want to make sure that's clear. Um, so anybody who works with anybody under 18 has to take the safe environment training, is what, what Virtus says. And Virtus in Latin means virtue. Um, and, the, and some people, they, the, last, the last thing is, is you're working on the setup and cleanup teams. 
So the setup team helps set the tables up, making sure things are kind of squared away, uh, making sure um, the area is clean, making, just making sure that if anybody needs help, helping hand, you're there to help them with that um, to, to move forward. So to make sure tablecloths are out, we always make sure that we want to use real flowers. Um, I'm not sure that's going to work this fall. We, we transition to a fall alpha. Uh, but by having fake things at the table, no, no, I'm not here to offend you or anything, but, um, but when you look at something fake, what does it say if you put a fake flower at a table? What does it say how, what you believe about that person? You know, so we want to make sure we do our best to go above and beyond um, to offer real, real, real flowers, real plants um, to our people when, we, when they come. Uh, and then also making sure they set the silverware and plates out, out as well. And last thing before we have our, um, our video um, is uh, during Alpha, uh, we don't ask, we recruit. So as we, as we go forward, there's uh, an acronym called FACT. Um, which stands for when we're, when we're doing Alpha, we're thinking, is the person faithful? You know, are they, are they accountable? Are they faithful? Do they have a prayer life? Um, do, they, do you see them at church consistently? Um, we're also asking that A is for available. You know, do, they, do they have time to uh, come forward? Um, are they contagious? Is there something attractive about them that when I'm with them, I think, you know what, I really think you could do something. And you don't have to know why. Um, but you have a sense, just a sense in your, in your heart about that. And also, are they teachable? Are they teachable? So if you're going to mentor them, they're not going to be telling you what to do. Their answer a lot of times, okay, okay, thank you. You know, they're, they're looking to be taught um, with that. So um, what I'm going to do here uh, before we go into our video, just, just a simple thing is just ask, does anybody have any questions about what I just covered? Because that's kind of like the nuts and bolts, the things that, it, no one really wants to cover when they do an alpha training. But does anybody, anybody have any questions um, about what I just talked about? Because I want to make sure that before I move forward, I'm not moving too fast. Sometimes I can move too fast. Yes? So if you're starting at 7 and going till 9, is it going to be 7, 7.30 meal? Yep. And then a whole hour for small group? Uh, well, yeah, so if it goes 7, 7 to 7.30 would be our, would be our meal time. And then seven thirty, yeah. Like with with this, we all, and the second week we start doing praise and worship music. Um, we'll play a song or two. We'll decide on that. Um, we do that, and we go into the video, and then we have small group. So the small group will be instead of being a half an hour, but like closer to forty-five. The goal will be to have a small group be the longest thing. Um, they just I've been doing a lot of studying on that, and a lot of people. That's kind of what they encourage. So does that answer your question? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, um, what I'm going to do here is, um, this is uh, Nikki and Pippa. Um, so, Nikki Gumbel is the founder of Alpha. Um, he is the one who found it. He is, from, he is from England, so he does have an accent. If you want to hear an impersonation of his accent, you can go talk to Father Matt. Father Matt loves to impersonate him. I don't, I don't think he's particularly kind, so I don't do it. Um, but they do say one of the f- highest forms of flattery is impersonation, so maybe he's on to something. So if you need to uh, turn your chair, I'd encourage that because this is um, a little over 15 minutes, um, the video here. So we'll, we'll quick watch this, um, and then we'll, we'll finish our, our training for tonight. Make sure I got the volume up here. Hi, I'm Toby. And I'm Gemma. 
and we're the hosts of the Alpha Film Series. And today we're here for Alpha Training to help you run the best Alpha you can for all people who are going to be coming along. And in this training we're going to look at how Alpha works behind the scenes, focusing specifically on the Alpha Small Group. The second training is all about how to pray for people on the Alpha Weekend. But before we jump into that, you might be thinking, what is Alpha? Well, Alpha is a series of interactive sessions that explore the basics of the Christian faith. It's about the big questions of life, like, what am I here for? What's the purpose of my life? And most people ask this kind of questions at some point in their lives. Alpha is for anyone, but it's specifically designed for people who would not describe themselves as Christians or regular churchgoers. And Alpha is running in churches and homes, schools, skate parks, from boardrooms to some of the toughest prisons in the world. It runs in 169 countries, and so far over 29 million people have done it. So it's day one of filming. I'm Nicky Gumbel and I'm the vicar of HTB and I've been involved in the sort of pioneering of Alpha over the years. And I'm Pepper Gumbel, married to Nicky and I've been involved with Alpha for many years too. Uh, Alpha started in 1977, back in a, a, a flat round here. And at the time it was much more a course for new believers and you weren't particularly interested in that. You wanted to do things for people outside the church. I was asked to take on Alpha by Sandy, who was the vicar here, uh, in October 1990. So rather reluctantly, I took it on. But then in January of 1991, I had a group made up entirely of people who were outside of the church. And I began to realise this course could be used for people outside the church. And so we started to develop it as a course for people, as we, we would call it, wanting to explore the meaning of life. We were seeing people coming who had no faith, um, and taking this journey to a place of real Christian faith. So it was the most exciting thing to see these people come along. And then it began to really grow. I mean, this is our 76th small group in a row. All I know is that people's lives will be changed and uh, there will be a transformation in the, in the whole dynamic of the small group in the next 10 weeks. Everything to do with Alpha is basically word of mouth. Mm. I mean, why do people come in our small group? It was all word of mouth yes. when you yeah. went round. Yeah. And the advertising might help because they say, oh, I know about that course because I've seen. But it's because my friend yeah. um, at work or yeah. my... And somebody came in our small group last, last night. He said he had... So this was week two last night. Um, so his friend had come the first week mm. and he dragged along his cousin. Mm. So he was... Um, only come because his cousin came the first week and then he asked his cousin along. It's friends bringing friends. I joined the prayer group at work and one of the partners asked me if, are, are you interested in helping out to organize a workplace alpha? And um, I was like, oh, I've never even been to an alpha. A lot of small group members came to help out. So one of them was Nick. I asked my mom to join and I prayed that um, she would come. And, and yes, she came, and she got really transformed. Actually seeing, seeing where uh, she was, 
to, to now where she is, there's been such a big change. We also invited my cousin to come, and actually he, he rejected us um, the first time. He was like, oh, you know, this religion thing is not for me. But then we, we prayed together, me and my mom mm. prayed together for him. And then the next week, somehow he decided to come and we were just so excited. And so he accepted Christ at night. It pretty much went from reluctant to, we can't get rid of him now. <laughs> it's like he's always there. So yeah, it's, 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 quite, it's quite an amazing story. Yeah, for the first, for that season of Alpha, my dad um, refused to come. Afterwards, um, I invited him to a reunion, an Alpha reunion gathering, and so um, I told him I would be sharing. Um, mm -hmm. Can you uh, can you come see me? And then and then he was like, okay, fine, I'll come. And but then when he came, he just loved it. He loved the atmosphere. He loved people who who, who didn't force anything onto him. I think it's the best thing that I've ever experienced and best thing I've ever done to accept Christ. And but if no one told me. I would never be able to to know and that's exactly why it's so important to tell others because it's also giving an opportunity for other people to choose i'll always remember like how my family and how my relatives got transformed and um and seeing that i would know that i'll just keep on telling other people one of my heroes growing up was a man called billy graham He's arguably one of the best communicators of the good news about Jesus of the 20th century. An amazing speaker. He had this great testimony about his own journey of coming to faith and great hair. And I wanted to be like him. I used to dream of speaking to thousands about Jesus. The only problem was that I was a shy, introverted teenager with, as I saw it, a very ordinary testimony and below average hair. And I tried sometimes to tell my friends at school and university about Jesus. I even once tried some street evangelism, but none of it really seemed to work very well. And then I read a passage at the beginning of John's Gospel where Andrew encounters Jesus and then invites his brother, Simon Peter, to come and meet Jesus too. Peter then became one of the greatest evangelists of the early church. He spoke to thousands of people on the day of Pentecost. And even Billy Graham, it turned out, was invited to hear about Jesus by a guy called Albert McMakin. So I thought, well, I could do that. And then I heard that Alpha was starting in my church. So I invited a school friend, and he then brought his girlfriend and his mother and another friend, and they loved it. They each encountered Jesus for themselves. And all I did was say, come and see, come and try Alpha. So we can't all be St. Peter or Billy Graham, but we can all be like Andrew or Albert McMakin. We can all invite our friends to come and see. Yeah, and I'm not a natural evangelist either. I really don't have all the answers. But I can invite people to come and hear and discuss about Jesus. And that's where Alpha fits in. Because Alpha is basically, come and see. It's designed for you to bring your friends. And it's not too late for you to invite your friends to the Alpha you're about to help out on. My name's Hugo Monnier. Um, I'm 30 years old. Um, I'm a former rugby player. Um, I used to play for a team called Harlequins in London. Um, played for England and the British and Irish Lions. I'm now a commentator slash pundit. So I've gone from playing rugby to talking about it, which is great. Uh, rugby's such a physical game. On a Saturday, you, you get beaten up. You really do. Sunday, you're feeling like your body's in pieces. And Monday's part of the recovery process. And we had this new masseuse coming. Her name was Rachel. And... Uh, 
I was asking her what she'd been up to at the weekend. And she'd said, um, she said she'd been at church. And I was like, oh, wow, well, that's really cool. It's really cool, nice. And uh, we progressed the conversation, asked her what she was up to in the week. And she said, uh, she's going on an Alpha course, had I heard of it? And I was like, well, I'd seen the signage, seen it on the buses, seen it in and around London, but didn't really know too much about it. But I started talking about it and um, she said, well, you should try it out, like, you should try it out. Um, in fact, there's a course starting next week at Holy Trinity Brompton, led by Nicky Gumball. So he went, um, I was nervous, didn't know what to expect, and really didn't. Um, I literally thought it'd be like 10 people in a room, candle, um, glass of water and people just kind of unloading all their troubles and me walking away more depressed than what I came with. Couldn't be any further from the truth. Uh, turned up and people queuing outside HTB. 1,500 people rock up. There was music, there was light, there was life. It was unbelievable and for me um, as a rugby player there was free food. I was sad. My experience at church beforehand had been you go to church, you get spoken at, you nod your head, you go home. But it was amazing to be engaged in conversation. Someone gave a talk on the various different topics which you speak about. I got to listen, digest it, and then actually speak to other people uh, within the small groups about what it was. There was loads of different people from different backgrounds. I remember the first ever chat we had, there was someone who completely rubbish the talk. So it was like, what did you think of it? And he was like, can't say exactly what he said, but he was pretty aggressive and he was pretty adamant that what we were saying were complete lies. And I was like, wow, like, for a start, I've never heard anyone speak up in church like that. And secondly, well, if he can say that, it means we can say anything we want, which is great. And it wasn't like anyone was offended. And the one word it kept coming back to was respect, 100%. Every Alpha session has three key elements, food, talk, and discussion. And we all love food. Imagine you were hosting a party at your home. What would you do? Well, you'd get there before the guests and prepare everything. And when they arrive, you'd greet them, give them some food and some drink, and then introduce them to other people. It's just the same on Alpha. Each session starts with sharing some food together in small groups, where people can chat and get to know each other. The perfect size for a small group is 12 people. So ideally, two hosts, two helpers, and around eight guests. So when the guests arrive, Welcome them, put them at ease and introduce them to each other and get the conversation going. But keep it fun and keep it light and try to avoid talking about deep or heavy topics at this stage like politics or religion. And after food, someone will welcome everyone and then give a brief introduction to Alpha and there may be a short time of worship, one or two songs. And this might feel a little bit awkward on the first session, so it's worth explaining that the guests don't have to join in. But it's actually funny how by the end of Alpha, many people say that they really enjoy it. Each session on Alpha includes a short talk about the Christian faith, and the talks follow a natural progression with each building on the one before. But it doesn't matter if people miss a session, because they can always catch up online. The great thing about Alpha is the material is the same wherever you go in the world. And the last part of the session is discussion, and this is the most important part of Alpha. In the small group, people get to say exactly what they think, to explore, to question everything, to discuss it and to work things out for themselves. It's low-key, unpressurised and great fun. So how does the Alpha Small Group work? Well, there are three keys to hosting a great Alpha Small Group. The first is love. I think it's all about love and friendship and having fun. 
But it's just people, and however you deal with people, and you want to get people to feel that they can trust you, that you like them, and I think that's the most important thing, that you actually want to make friends with these people. You want to get to know them and love them. Yeah, I think that the key thing for the hosts, the helpers, is that they like people, they love people, and that they're genuinely interested in them, and genuinely interested yeah. in what they have to say. Mm. Because it's, in the end of the day, it's all about respect. If you respect them, even if you disagree with them, mm. if somebody comes as an atheist, but you respect their right to hold their views, and you're interested in what they have to say, that then they'll, they'll talk, and the more they talk, uh, and the more people listen with the respect, you get a whole atmosphere in the small group is marked by respect. Alpha is 15 sessions, plus an introductory session to the Alpha weekend, and it's typically run over 10 weeks. It's staggering how much can happen in a group in just 10 weeks. A group of people who had nothing in common on week one, by week 10 can become incredibly good friends. And I've just finished Alpha, and our small group didn't want to stop meeting. They kept saying, why isn't Alpha longer? We want to carry on. So that's why we'd always recommend people to go for as long as you can. Sometimes if you've got a university term, a semester, you might have to squash it a bit, but I would always try to push it for as long as possible. So it gives time for those relationships, those friendships to form. So the first key to a great alpha small group is love. And the second is listen. This is a bit counterintuitive, I think. When you're hosting or helping in a group on Alpha, you quite often think, well, people are coming with their questions, and as the leader, my role is to give people the answers. Well, this might be the case in Bible studies or in other groups that you might have in your church, but it's not the case in Alpha. On Alpha, the talk is where we say what we believe, but the small group is where the guests say what they believe. So hosting is about facilitating a discussion between the guests and listening to their point of view. Imagine for a moment that this ball represents the conversation in the small group, and John is the small group host. This is a discussion between John and Dan, which is fascinating for them, but it's boring for everyone else in the small group, because they're just watching, they're not participating. That is not the way the Alpha small group works. Here's another way you could do it. John to Dan and back, and then John to Julia and back. Now this is better, but it still all revolves around John. That is not the way the Alpha small group works either. Instead, the conversation should look like this. John kicks off the discussion with a question, and then the guests discuss it between themselves. Occasionally, John might need to step in and help keep the conversation going, but ideally, he listens, encourages, and says very little, ensuring everyone is involved. The small group can be ruined by two things. One is the hosts or helpers speaking too much instead of encouraging the guests to speak. The second is allowing one guest to dominate the discussion. If this happens in the first session, try to talk to them after the discussion. Thank them for the contribution, but then ask them if maybe next time they could help you host the group by encouraging others to contribute. Uh, it's the opposite of, of, of sort of preaching at people. That's what ruins an alpha small group, when someone starts preaching or trying to force people into their point of view. Then it, it really doesn't work. Mm. Love them, be interested in them, be respectful yeah. towards them, and then they'll come back. And the more they come back, the more they'll hear, they begin to relax, and then they begin to open up and their lives get changed. Of course, you'll never get it right. You'll never get it totally right. We make mistakes all the time. 
uh, that you've, you know, you don't want to put anybody ever on the spot, but you also want to draw out somebody who would love to speak but hasn't quite had the courage yet. And it's getting those things right, just watching the people, seeing what they're trying to do. I still make mistakes. I said, said to people last night when we were training people before the small group, don't try and win the argument. You know, we want to win the person, not the argument. And if you win the person, they'll come back. And if they come back, they'll hear the good news about Jesus. And if they come back the following week, they'll hear the good news about Jesus again. But if you get involved in an argument with them, even if you win the argument, you may never see them again. And they're not going to hear the gospel. So don't try and win the argument, but try and win the person. If you're a group host, your role is to facilitate the discussion. If you're a helper, your role is to look after the guests, making sure that they have everything that they need, but staying quiet in the discussion. And you can play a really important role by encouraging guests to speak out, particularly if you see a guest who's trying to speak, but they can't get a word in. We've put together our six best tips for facilitating a great discussion on Alpha. Number one, ask open questions. For example, on the second session, who is Jesus? Instead of asking closed yes-no questions like, do you think Jesus is God? You could ask, who do you think Jesus is? Or what do you think it would have been like to be around Jesus? The Alpha Team Guide is a useful resource for hosting a small group and has some great suggested questions for each session to help the discussion get going. Number two, be encouraging. Most guests will be worried about looking stupid or getting tongue-tied. So if they're brave enough to speak, encourage them, whatever they say, even if you don't agree, especially if you don't agree. People are much more likely to come back if they feel comfortable enough to participate in the conversation. Three, be yourself. Now you may be thinking, what if I don't know the answers to people's questions? Well, being yourself is the best thing you can do for the group. If you don't know the answer, don't pretend you do. Simply say, I don't know. And maybe add, I would look into it for you and get back to you by next week. Number four, don't answer all the questions. If someone asks a question, open it up to the whole group by saying something like, that's a great question. What does everyone else think? There are a couple of exceptions. So if someone asks a specific question, like how many gospels are there? You don't need to say, what does anyone think? There are four gospels. And if you know it, you can tell them. Similarly, if someone asks, where are the toilets? You don't have to say, that's a great question. What does anyone think? Just tell them. And when the group has got to know each other a bit more, particularly after the Alpha weekend, you might want to begin to share your opinions a little more with the group, but it's important to keep the tone at the beginning. Five, don't be afraid of silence. Research suggests that people need around six seconds of thinking time before answering a question especially when thinking about deep issues. Sometimes people need time to digest and think about an idea, and we can cut that off if we jump in too quickly. Now, obviously, silence can quickly become awkward, so at that point, you might want to rephrase the question, which is the sixth point. People process questions in different ways. Some people are very analytical and cerebral. Others are far more intuitive and reflective. For example, some people will love the question, what does forgiveness mean? Whereas others will respond much better to, have you ever had to forgive someone and how did it feel? So we love people, we listen to what they have to say, and then the third thing we do is laugh. Alpha is supposed to be low-key, relaxed, fun. So try to avoid being intense. Intensity is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. 
Take the first session, for example. Uh, before launching into the discussion, it's important to break the ice with a few games to kind of get to know people's names. So you could try this one. Get each person to think of a positive adjective that starts with the same first letter as their first name. So I might be Tremendous Toby. And I could be Generous Gemma. Starting with the person on your left, ask them to say their name. For example, Interesting Isabel. Every person then has to introduce the people before them before they can say their own name. Obviously, you don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable, so be sure to help people out if they can't remember the names. And make sure you go last so you have the hardest job. Once you've played an icebreaker, ask the question, how and why did you end up coming to Alpha? It's always fascinating to hear why people have come. And it also helps give you an idea about whether people are happy to be there or not. And you may want to start with the person who looks least happy to be there because it will allow everyone else to be honest about why they're there. Then ask this question. If it turned out there was a God after all and you could ask one question, what would it be? The phrasing of this question is really important. We don't want to presume anything, that God exists, for example, or that God is a he. So we say, if it turns out there was a God after all and you could ask one question, what would it be? Throw it open to the group and remember to be encouraging. You could suggest that one of the helpers write down the question so people know you're taking them seriously. The final thing we want to do is to encourage you to pray. Pete Gregg, the founder of 24-7 Prayer, gives some really helpful tips on how you can pray for your guests on Alpha. It's your birthday. You're seven years old and you get that present that you have been hoping for. Do you remember how that felt? And then you unwrap it and you discover there's no batteries included. It's useless. Such potential rendered powerless. You know, Alpha is exciting, it's amazing, it's life-changing, but only when it's powered by prayer. It's when we pray that God's power shows up through Alpha. He changes lives, miracles happen, guests encounter Jesus, things happen that we simply couldn't engineer humanly. Imagine throwing an amazing party for someone, delicious food, Nice venue, great music, lots of friends. And you go to all that effort and then embarrassingly you forget to invite the honoured guest. It's, it's when we invite God to come on Alpha, we discover that he is even keener to get through the door and get through to those that you've invited than you are. We pray and guests experience the Holy Spirit for themselves. And others get healed. Some hear God speaking or they get a breakthrough in their lives when they try praying for themselves. Guests discover that Jesus is real and, and that the kingdom of God is a matter of power, not just words. But let's just release the power of prayer to change lives through Alpha. Get everyone involved. Because I, I might be biased, but I think the most important part of Alpha is prayer. Make sure that your alpha comes with batteries included. Is that just too cheesy or is that okay? <laughs> so when it comes to prayer, again, we avoid anything that might make the guests feel uncomfortable. So unlike at church, we don't pray from the front, we don't say a prayer before food, and we don't close the session in prayer. At the end of the session, how can I have faith? There is an opportunity for anyone who wants to, to say a simple, silent prayer, inviting Jesus to come into their life. For some people, this may be an important moment in their journey. 
but for others, it may be too early. Then in the session, how and why do I pray? We look at the subject of prayer in more depth, touching on helpful ways to start praying if people would like to. And at the end of the small group, the host may want to finish with a very short, simple prayer of thanks, but no more than that. At some point, you may want to introduce the idea of praying as a group. You could ask if anyone has anything they'd like prayer for, and then allow space for guests to pray out loud if they'd like to. Some groups may reach this point earlier than others, but it's important that every group has had an opportunity to pray before the session, Does God Heal Today? As then we offer everyone an opportunity to pray and be prayed for, for healing. But there is no rush in the early sessions. So love people, listen to them, have fun, and leave the rest to God. You might be watching this and still have a million questions. Well, the good news is there is loads of great training available. You can access everything you need. Talks, downloads, materials, all for free online at alpha.org. Alpha can be hard work. It's sometimes really disappointing if people don't come back. But you know what? It's the most exciting, the most rewarding thing I've ever been involved in. And you'll make some great friends and you'll get the chance to see God at work changing people's lives. It's the best investment you'll ever make. We'll see you soon for our next team training, looking at the Alpha Weekend. Well, that is um, going to wrap up our first night. That's essentially what we want to work on. Um, I'm just going to close with just a few things that we want to work on is um, as we go forward and, and, and applying these things. And just, I think the one thing that always stands out to me is how they talk about it's okay to make mistakes, but to learn from them. Um, so I've made plenty of mistakes. One thing that's helped me, I just want to um, let you know about is I've, I've told people about this book. We have it in the Adoration Chapel too, but if you want to, if you want to grab it, um, it's called Unlocking Your Parish, Making Disciples and Raising Up Leaders with Alpha. I just found this to be super helpful. It's helped me just kind of like learn how to teach this a little, little bit better, um, a little more effectively. So that's a really good book. Um, but also, um, just one thing to let you know is, I hope you all didn't receive it, but maybe you did. But we did send out little uh, mailers this past week on the 5th. Uh, it should have gotten people's houses, but we invited every single person who's not done Alpha. A couple of people we messed up on, but I thought Matt and I designed a mailer and uh, sent that out, so we're gonna encourage people to come. Um, but again, when we, when we do Alpha, a lot of times it can take up to seven invites before someone's come, so I wanna encourage you, if someone says no to you, don't take it too personal. Um, but also, just uh, maybe just right now, one thing we can, we can just do is just to, before we close, just to think of a few people we could invite. Um, I, don't, I think I might have it on your sheet. I hope I do. I don't know if I put it on there. But just to, um, just to think of a few people you can invite, just call upon the Holy Spirit. And I'll say, we'll take like a minute of silence, a minute or two of silence. Because maybe when you're even watching the video, you're like, oh, I should, that, that's who that person is. Um, because you just never know where someone's at. Only the Lord does. We leave that to him. So we'll take a, a moment of silence um, right now just to call upon a few names and just pray for the Holy Spirit to give us the, the courage uh, just to invite them or re-invite them. Maybe someone you haven't invited for a while and you're like, oh, I totally forgot I invited that person since, that, since I've done Alpha. Uh, but we'll take one minute of silence um, to pray right now.
Okay, so that was a, a minute. Uh, I just want to encourage you just to pray gently to uh, invite someone. The best way is obviously a, a personal invite. Um, then it would be like a phone call, then a text message, then an email um, to invite them. Um, just a few resources uh, they talked about. They have the, the alpha.org is good. Um, I, I believe in your, your outline I put, um, you can follow our, our Anago Area Catholic Church's Facebook page. It's a good thing to do. There's also one called uh, Alpha uh, Con- Catholic Context. Like so some people ask, like, how, how does this work in a Catholic context? There's some really good resources there. Uh, there's also one you can join called Administrators of Alpha in a Catholic Context on Facebook. I, I follow them quite a bit because they have discussions. I, I message them. They send me resources. There's, there's tons of other parishes that are doing this. Um, then also our diocese has a page. It's called Diocese of Green Bay Alpha Leaders. And you can sign up for that, and then they'll, they'll send you information. They let you know when things are going on. Um, and there's also um, on, on Facebook, there's... Uh, a, a group called Disciples in the Way. There's plenty of good, con- like just good content there, just to have on your feed. Um, and then also uh, Run Alpha US Run Alpha is uh, really good as well. And then I talked about the um, the Unlocking Your Parish uh, book as well. So as as we close, um, last last thing is um, one thing we want to do is is encourage you all to witness um, to our parish to invite. So if you feel called. Um, I've asked a couple people that feel called to give a one or two minute or one to three minute witness. So when I say one minute, usually it makes it three minutes. Um, but a one to three minute witness, Father Matt and I are willing to walk with you and, and walk with you how to like get up in front of people and, and witness. I'm talking about it at weekend masses. And to um, go over these questions, the question would be, uh, where were you spiritually before Alpha? And, and why did you decide to come? Uh, what happened to you during Alpha? And then how, how has Jesus made a difference in your life since you attended Alpha? And then um, just talking about how is Jesus changing your life. Uh, you know, talking about who, who did you meet? How did, how did you feel to make new friends? Uh, what difference um, having those friendships made for you? And then making that invite uh, for people to come and just to simply be sincere and be honest and be real. But again, if you need any coaching on that and you feel called um, to do that, uh, what we want to do is actually we want to encourage people to do that before Mass. So not this weekend, but next weekend. Just to give one last little push uh, before we begin, but we do it before Mass. Um, statistically speaking, more people have found that doing things before Mass, just found this out two days ago, uh, but doing it an ask before Mass is more effective than after communion. So it might be a little bit of shift we make in our parishes uh, going forward. So um, there's a, a lot of resources on uh, the table here to my left, uh, probably to your right. So if you want to grab any of those, you can. I also have the, alpha, I have the um, calendar for the Alpha. Um, and then when we go into next session, just a little bit of what we're going to do is we're going to pitch Alpha to our guests when they come. Have, we're going to have part one of Alpha and part two of Alpha. And I'll explain what that means next time. So we'll quick close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, I thank you for everybody who has uh, come here tonight for our Alpha training. We just ask for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit to know where you're calling us to serve on our fall Alpha so that we can build your kingdom to make disciples of all nations. Please help us be humble always in our ministry to be grateful and to uh, use this, that simple image that Mother Teresa gave us of not washing the dish because it needs to be washed or we're told to, um, but to do it uh, because we love the person we'll use it next. Uh, please help us be intentional about everything we do to help build up your kingdom. Please protect our families. Please protect all those who are hurting. 
And please protect all of our loved ones and those who have fallen away from the church and those we've invited through the mailing. And we'll close by praying, come Holy Spirit, three times. Just continually ask for that outpouring of the Holy Spirit as we pray. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. And the Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.